Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Violet Defense for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense and go to violetdefense.com for more information about their great products. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We've got a Sideline Interactive uh, video score table in our gym, and it is fantastic. You really need to check these folks out. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video options and an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For more ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Give them a call at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the play of their teams and their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's also built for every level of play. If you're a club or a youth coach, Huddle can help you. High schools and colleges have been using Huddle for years, and even professional teams are using Huddle to raise the level of play of their teams and athletes. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you or how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. And we also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic department. 
Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also puts you in touch with the 95% of the parents and the players that really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and check out their testimonials. And then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466. Or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to check the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out on some important information. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you by talking to the professionals at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a really cool guest today, Mary Struckhoff. Uh, Mary is currently a consultant uh, in the area of athletics and uh, particularly uh, officiating, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. She's got a tremendous background. She was a college athletic director. Uh, she was the national coordinator for the NCAA women's basketball officiating program. She was also an assistant director for the National Federation of High Schools, the NFHS, and a lot of other things. Um, we're going to let her talk about all of those, but Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jake. Appreciate it. Yeah, I connected with Mary uh, when she presented as part of Jen Brooks's uh, Global Community of Women in High School Sports. was really impressed by what she had to share and thought it would be of um, great value to our listeners. So we're going to jump right in. Mary, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So sure. tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? A little up bit about me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, how I'm you from a, to this point? Yeah. <laughs> very good. Um, I'm from a large family. I'm, from, I'm one of nine, uh, originally from the St. Louis area, St. Louis, Missouri, where I was um, born and raised and um, was involved in athletics uh, from an early age, played softball and tennis and um, actually played tennis in high school and, and softball and tennis in college. Uh, went to a small school in Kansas. Uh, was the first one of those nine kids to graduate from college and first generation college graduate, which I'm very proud of. Um, went to school in Kansas, went back to Missouri, went back to St. Louis and became a, a high school coach athletic administrator and department chair uh, very early in my career. Uh, again, very blessed uh, to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, did that for about seven years, decided it was in time for me to go back to school, get, uh, get my master's degree in athletic administration uh, to give me some more opportunities. And I actually did go back to the high school level, but eventually ended up on the collegiate level in the Chicago area. And then again, in the um, Lexington, Kentucky area. Um, I, uh, you know, there's a, there's some stories behind a lot of these things, but um, I was after teaching um, in the Chicago area, I applied for a job uh, with the Illinois High School Association, which was located in it still is Bloomington, Illinois, uh, Bloomington Normal area, and stayed there for only three years. And um, the reason is I, I was approached to actually apply for a job with the National High School Federation. 
Um, so I became an exec assistant executive director with the NFHS in Indianapolis. And really that whole time, um, from the time I was teaching high school and, and athletic administrator there in 1987, I started to officiate. I started on the high school level, started with um, high school basketball and uh, continued to kind of work my way up. And by the time I went to Indianapolis with the NFHS and, and still with the Illinois High School Association, I was working college. I was working division one women's basketball for the NCAA and uh, primarily in the Big Ten since I was a Midwesterner. And I uh, got to do both a, a really cool full-time job with the NFHS, but also a, kind of a side gig as a collegiate referee. So that was a lot of fun. Um, did that, uh, refereed till 2006, um, and the NCA hired me to be the national coordinator of women's basketball officials. So I was, you know, really kind of responsible for the national program for women's basketball, but uh, primarily worked with the Division One committee in assigning uh, the national tournament. Um, I did both of those jobs, which really were two full-time jobs, uh, which all athletic administrators do. We know that, that there's at least two job, two full-time jobs in there. Um, but I did those two jobs until 2011, um, decided it was time to do something a little different, moved to Kentucky and opened a business. So that, that was a crazy thing. Anyway, um, I'm now semi-retired in, and I don't like to use that word too much, retired, because I'm I'm anything but really, um, but I'm in the uh, St. Petersburg, Florida area. I'm working as a consultant, as you mentioned, with the Pictor Group and working primarily on a, an officiating project for the NCA, specifically the Division Three Commissioners Association. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. Yeah, um, talking about that semi-retired, uh, I had someone <laughs> say, Jake, I thought you were retired, you're so busy. And I said, yeah, but it's my busy, okay? Right. You're choosing the things you're doing. We're going to talk about uh, the officiating component in a bit, but um, can you share a little bit about going to work for the National Federation? I think sure. the rank and file coaches and ADs that just haven't had a chance to experience, let's say, uh, the NIAAA or the NFHS right. in action, you know, they just think it's this big ivory tower uh, in Missouri and <laughs> in Indianapolis that, uh, you know, um, talk right. about how that, I guess maybe your first uh, experience with them and then how yeah. it works and why it's so important to our profession. Oh, excellent. Actually, it's, it's some of my fondest memories, actually. So as I mentioned, I, my, I went from a high school athletic administrator and again, was fortunate enough to uh, get a job with the Illinois High School Association. And all of the different state high school associations belong to the National Federation, the National Office in um, Indianapolis. And so there's 50, actually 51, including the District of Columbia State High School Associations that belong to the National Federation. And each, each state high school association kind of does their own thing with state tournaments. They do eligibility rules for participation in athletics or activities. Um, but the national office lets the state do those kinds of things. The national office primarily is responsible for the playing rules for each of the different sports that the, the high schools are playing. Um, I was, again, fortunate to be responsible for the playing rules, the high school playing rules for girls and boys basketball, and, and primarily because of my background in officiating, and uh, girls softball. Um, and so those two activities, those two um, rules codes were my responsibility uh, with a committee. And um, we had an annual process that we went through with the culmination being the, the publication of the rules book, which all of 
every athletic director has those rule books. Every coach has those rule books in high school and hopefully they read them and open them. Um, but we, we go through a, a process uh, each year to, to revise those, to update them, to make some editorial changes, whatever they, that, that might be. I also uh, was responsible for the, the National Federation Officials Association, again, because of my background with officiating. And we, um, so each state association, um, not all of them, but many of them license or register the officials in their state. And, and many of those states actually then push that membership up to the National Federation, which supplies um, um, insurance, basic insurance for those officials, basic liability insurance. And um, also, again, have, have some other benefits of membership for that. But primarily, all that, all that works through the State High School Association. Uh, but we licensed and registered at the national level almost over 100,000 officials throughout the, the 51 different state associations. So um, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice big <laughs> group of folks. Um, but yeah, most of those rules and regulations come at the state level. Um, again, um, so basketball, softball, primary responsibilities. I also, again, was fortunate enough to work with the NIAAA. Um, we helped the National Federation staff actually help to put on that NIAAA conference each year mm -hmm. in December. Um, we would help with getting speakers and making sure the, uh, the sessions were, you know, staffed and all the AV equipment were, were in place, all those types of things. So we actually worked very closely, the right. NFHS staff with the NIAAA staff and, and, and helping them meet their goals and objectives. Yeah, anyone that's ever been to uh, one of the national conferences, you know, they very much can see that NFHS presence there. And it's a big, it's a, it's one of the biggest conferences that the federation's involved in, obviously. But that that ADs, that national ADs conference is very popular uh, with the high school athletic administrators, and understandably so. And it's going to be coming to uh, you know your neighborhood there in Tampa, and uh, I think it's twenty twenty five. You have to plan those so far in advance because again, it's such a big conference. Um, again, they know those well in advance just to, to be able to secure a convention space and and a hotel space because again, it's such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, they're they're just great conferences. For our listeners, we're visiting with Mary Struckhoff. She's a consultant uh, focusing primarily on. Uh, officiating, uh, but she's done a lot of other things in the world of athletics. We're going to take a quick break, uh, hear from one of our sponsors, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, use Huddle to help their athletes and their teams perform better. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from the club and youth levels all the way through high school and college programs. And even professional teams are using Huddle to help their athletes play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents and the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we 
Power Sports. <laughs> We're back with Mary Struckoff. Mary, um, at this point of the podcast, we always ask our guests about the mentors that they've had in their lives. You know, none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the folks that have helped you along the way? Well, I, again, I've had such a variety of experiences. That means I've had a whole lot of mentors too, but, um, you know, I have to, I'd have to say it started with my high school coaches and, and teachers there. Um, they kind of instilled in me some, some really important values and kind of recognized the leader in me and helped, helped me to flourish in that, in that respect. So, um, boy, um, uh, Mrs. Ryan and Marion Haberstroh, those were, those were great mentors for me and coaches, um, in college, same thing. Uh, Sharon Mathis was my my tennis coach in, in college, and boy, what what a tremendous influence she had on me, just in terms of doing the right things at, even at the wrong time. Um, so it just uh, just really uh, paved the way for me, especially in my teaching career and in my officiating career, all of those things. But I would have to say too, a, a guy named. Jack Fisher in St. Louis. He was one of the dads of one of our players, uh, basketball players, but he he was instrumental and really changed the course of my life by getting me involved in, in officiating. Um, I was watching uh, one of our teams play, our girls team play basketball, and I was lamenting how terrible the officials were. And uh, he was sitting next to me and he said, well, do you think you could do better? And I, was, of course, said, well, sure. And so he got me involved. I mean, he ex exactly. He told me how to get my license from the Missouri High School Association. Uh, being an AD, I didn't have any trouble getting games because I knew other ADs and they were hiring officials. And so um, it just helped me take my my officiating career kind of took off. And I owe it all to, to Jack and really everything I accomplished after that. Um, I've also had the opportunity to work in a, in leadership camp kind of settings and um, had some tremendous mentors there. Um, but one of the most recent, I would say, is uh, Holly Sheely, Dr. Holly Sheely. She's the athletic administrator, uh, vice president of Transylvania University. Um, go Bats. And, um, you know, she just she taught me a whole lot of things about, again, about running a department and having a, an atmosphere of saying yes, doing anything you can to say yes to your coaches and student athletes, obviously within reason. Um, but, you know, just creating that atmosphere and then and coaches and student athletes thriving because of that. I just always love to hear the stories. Uh, you can just feel the, the love and respect uh, that are there for those mentors. You know, the last time I heard you speak, you know, you really went into great detail about, you know, some of the things that you've been involved with, particularly with, you know, women's and college officiating. So uh, what can you share with our listeners, um, you know, some of the um, results of the research uh, that you've done uh, regarding uh, officials and officiating? Sure. Well, it's no surprise to high school athletic administrators that we have a shortage of officials. And, and frankly, we, we have for a while. It's just now reaching crisis proportions, really. Um, you know, if you think about the why, um, it's not as simple as people would like to make it think, uh, make them think. But, you know, we sometimes think if we just put more money towards something, it's going to solve, solve the problem. And what we've learned is that is completely not true. Um, as I mentioned, I'm uh, working with the PICDOR group on an extensive officiating um, research project 
that was commissioned by the Division Three Commissioners Association for, through the NCAA. And then the other two um, divisions kind of got on board from the NCAA, but really it was, it was driven from the collegiate level. Um, and Division Three is feeling the crunch, just like high school is. Um, so they asked to do a major, major research project and come up with some strategic initiatives to, to try to combat the problem. But you know, again, what we found through all the data we we sent out, you know, tens of thousands of um, surveys to collegiate officials. We surveyed commissioners from conferences. We surveyed coaches, uh, collegiate coaches collegiate coordinators of officials. And so we, we just got so many points of data, almost too much just to be able to analyze it all. But um, what we found was sure, you know, officials are grossly underpaid, but but there's there's so much else involved in, in recruiting officials, retaining officials, and why young people are not getting into officiating. And so again, it's, there's just a myriad of things to, to talk about, but I'll focus on just a couple. Um, the shortage of, is involved because, again, young people aren't filling the pipeline of officials um, coming in from the most officials and most collegiate officials started their careers at the youth and high school level. And again, people are not filling the pipeline at the youth and high school level any longer. Um, it used to be way back in the day, people like me who were educators had the time, you know, they get off of school and, you know, they'd have time to go officiate some high school contests. High school educators do not want anything to do with officiating any longer. And even, even young people who played the games um, are not interested in that because of the experience they tell us, the experience they had from their parents and, and their coaches yelling at officials. They say, I don't want anything to do with that. So that's, you know, it's just kind of combating that, that perception that all they do is get yelled at. Um, there's obviously more to it than that, as you well know, Jake. But um, so anyway, the research basically tells us it's it's important to um, change the culture, the culture between coaches and officials and have some mutual respect there. And we know some sports are much better at that than others. Um, and also to educate our fan base, educate our parents to make sure that they understand that these people are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're, they're expected to make decisions in real time. And many high school games, obviously most, are, are not filmed. But guess what? Mom and dad have a camera that they're filming these games with. And they want to they hold these officials to perfection and the scrutiny that this, this piece of video says that you know they're wrong. So um, it's just it's just a different day today than it was when when I got involved in 1987. Um, and and again the scrutiny involved is just tremendous. Uh, even even going on campuses, whether it's college or high school campuses, um, how we treat officials. Um, many times they don't get towels or water or have a locker room. And and it's it's just it's the experience um, is is such that they're, they're thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I spending time away from my family? Why am I spending time away from my job, my real job, my career? Because people don't even appreciate the fact that I'm here and I'm, I'm trying to contribute to the, this experience for young people and contribute to my community. So we just need to do a little bit better job of, of respecting the humanity that's involved in this and understanding that officials are gonna make mistakes 
None of them like to, that's for sure. Um, but the reality is they're human and they're going to make mistakes. So again, just changing the culture. Um, the, the NCAA uh, researched 25 different sports. Um, and, and, and again, some sports are, are more in dire situations than others, but every single one of them is experiencing a shortage. And what we found um, as well is that some uh, division three uh, contests are being canceled because there aren't enough officials on certain days of the week or even in a certain community to be able to, to hold those contests. And I'm, I'm sure, even though the, we didn't research the high school level, I'm sure if, uh, can't, there's cancellations at the high school level as well for the same reasons. And so um, trick is get people back into it, change the culture a little bit, look at how we're recruiting and retaining officials, how we're educating them. And, um, and again, hopefully our, their experiences will be a little bit better. We'll be able to fill the pipeline. Um, you know, Division I NCA is not having the problem that high school and Division Three are, but they will if we don't continue to start filling that pipeline. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, uh, listeners that have heard me say I'm high school basketball referee, also officiate track cross country. And uh, I'm 64 years old, and in one of my associations down here in Southwest Florida, there's been more than one occasion on a three-person crew where I've been the youngest guy on the crew. Uh, and so you're absolutely right. We need to get uh, that next generation of officials to sign up. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some best practices as far as state associations, recruiting officials, and also for all you high school ADs that are listening, best practices on how to welcome and treat and support officials when they come to your school. So uh, stick with us. We're visiting with Mary Struckoff, a consultant in a number of areas for athletics, but particularly in officiating. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards help you fund your athletic department. They can generate over $10,000 every single year while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or give them a call at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. You really need to check them out. I promise you, you will come away very impressed. Hey, we're back with Mary Struckoff, consultant in athletics and in particular in uh, officiating. Mary, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about best practices, and I'm going to ask you to kind of look at two categories. You know, what are some best practices for state associations as far as recruiting officials? And what are some best practices for athletic directors on how they can do a better job of having a professional, positive relationship with the officials that come to their school? Right. Great questions and, and pretty complex answers. Um, you know, first, the, the state associations really are well aware in, in my conversations with the national office and different state high school administrators. They're very well aware because, again, their athletic administrators throughout the state are telling them 
we're having to cancel contests, we don't have enough bodies, you know, whatever the, the situation might be. Um, so they're, they're attempting to make a difference. And so there, there's actually a national, uh, through, the, through the National Federation of State High School Associations, there's a national website to, that all we're, we're trying to direct all individuals who might be interested in officiating to, and it's highschoolofficials.com. And um, it'll kind of walk you through the process and it'll actually send you to the, the, the state um, in which you, know, you reside or want to officiate and answer all those questions for you. But again, the state associations are trying to do their, they're working through their, also their local associations. Again, uh, every, every state has locals and communities surrounding them um, that are trying to do the same thing and recruit. Um, one of the, the thing though, it's, it's the higher up the chain you go, the state association and the national association, it's, it's, it's hard to recruit. Um, a good friend of mine from the Ohio Association used to say, recruiting officials is like recruiting people to go to your church. You know, you're not gonna get that from a national level. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a conversation. It's going to take um, ex sharing experiences and just encouraging, some, like Jack Fisher did for me, getting, the, getting that person who's showing an interest, getting them involved, giving them the number, telling them how to get a uniform, whatever it might be. So yeah, there's definitely uh, national and state associations that want to make a difference, but those conversations have to happen at the local levels. And so you mentioned the state high school athletic administrators, there's, there's, again, there's a lot of things that can be done. First of all, get the entire athletic department involved in recruiting. And I know that sounds like a big job, but again, it's about conversations. It's about conversations with student athletes. It's because it, it, you can see, most of us can see those kids that would, would have some success in officiating the point guards, the catchers, whoever it might be, even, even the kids that sit the bench, you don't get to play a lot. Those kids, you can tell just by the how they're watching the game and, and their involvement in it, that they might be good officials. And so just encouraging that, um, having them referee uh, scrimmages or whatever it might be. I know there's a lot of high school kids that are actually um, officiating youth level, but coaches need to be encouraging that. Um, Parent groups, parent group, actually, you might be surprised, but parent groups, actually, you can talk to them about officiating because a lot of times parents don't know what to do when their kids are done playing. They want to stay involved, especially swim parents, track and field parents. They want to be able to be involved because now they don't know what to do with their Saturdays and Sundays anymore. Um, but anytime in community members, a lot of schools actually host events for their communities surrounding athletics. That's a great time to recruit community members and tell them what a terrible situation this is in terms of recruiting and, and bodies and needing more officials in the community and what a community service that might be. Sometimes people want to do the right thing and they want to, they want to be service oriented, but they just don't know what to do. And if they can be around sports and talk sports, um, they would love to do that and just don't even think that's a possibility. Um, a lot of schools can actually host clinics for the local associations. Um, that's one thing they can do to get, get the, the, have that, that officiating presence there beyond, beyond just the contest. So hosting local associations and 
Um, I've actually been invited to come and talk to parent groups, the booster club, whoever it might be, get officials in front of your parents to again, humanize that, that avocation. Um, so they know this is a real person with a real family and they have jobs and they have, you know, they have a life beyond <laughs> officiating and they're doing it for fun in many cases. So, um, just trying to get, get, um, parent groups to understand that as well. Um, and we, you know, we know this to be true, Jake, but that, that culture and that environment of that athletic department is probably the most important thing uh, surrounding recruiting and retaining officials. Um, we want our coaches to coach. We want our officials to officiate and we want our kids to play and have fun. And so when we're trying to do the other jobs of those other groups, um, that's when chaos ensues. And so, um, you know, we, we want that head coach um, and those spectators to be mindful of their sporting behavior and, and behaving in appropriate ways so that the officials can do their job and hopefully minimize mistakes. We know that they're going to happen, as I mentioned, but, um, you know, we, we want to know, we want folks to know they're human and those things are going to happen and just let's move on. Let's move on from that mistake and put the ball in play or run the next play or whatever it might be. Um, the other thing I talk about a little bit is is be hospitable. Um, when I was an athletic director, I wanted officials to want to come to my place. I want that. I wanted them to have a great experience. Not that I thought it was going to, they were, we were going to get calls because of that, but happy officials have great games. And so, you know, I know there were certain places I like to go as an official, some places I dreaded because I knew I was going to be given a technical within the first 10 minutes or first five minutes of the game. But, um, you know, just we want to treat them like a third team, just like we, we host a, an opposing team coming in. We want to host the officials team coming in the same way. Water, towels, locker room, if possible, you know, just things we would provide our the opponents coming to visit our, our place. You know, we want to provide that same kind of experience for them. I think I'm, I'm getting most of these, but, um, you know, anything you can do as an athletic administrator that can influence, um, positively influence the, the avocation. And again, hold your, hold your officiating, um, coordinators or, or assigners accountable. Um, I hate to say it, but there's some, you know, there's some terrible assigners out there. They're in it for themselves and how much they can make. Um, and it's almost extortion, unfortunately, but there's some great ones too. So don't get me wrong. The, the, the bad ones are an anomaly. Um, but is, is, if, if coaches and high school athletic administrators are aware of what the process is for getting assignments, what kind of rules or standard procedures or best practices are, are surrounding those assignments, the more people pay attention, the better things are going to be, uh, rest assured. Um, and again, we talked a little bit about money, but hopefully athletic administrators and coaches are evaluating their fees, uh, just like putting on the program. Some inflation happens. Um, people need a little bump up here and there. And, you know, we don't we want to put on a first class program and having a first class program means paying paying parts of, of you know, the budget that have to be there. And that's part the officials are part of that. Um, the other thing I like to tell ad athletic administrators is to be willing to help the officials who want to advance. 
Um, just like coaches sometimes want to advance, they may want to go to the NCA level. Who knows? They may want to do something different. Uh, officials, they're the same way. We don't want to keep them stagnant. So if there's if, if coaches are filling out evaluations, and again, if they're involved in the, you know, they know how the coordinators are, and assigners are doing their business. If if Mary Struckoff wants to go to the collegiate level, let's let's celebrate that. Let's see if there's anything we can do to help help with that. As long as we're doing our job and filling the pipeline underneath, we're going to have enough and, and there's enough um, advancement opportunities for everybody. Now, great, great uh, advice. And I'm so glad you mentioned uh, about athletic directors, you know, make it a welcoming environment, not so much because you're trying to get calls. Right. However, you know, as you know, as, as an official, as do I, you know, there's a hundred uh, or more 50-50 calls over the course of a game just because that official is human, you know, if you manage right. to nudge that to 5149, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, thing. Again, that's not why you're doing it. But if it's a nice byproduct, hey, why not? Okay. Uh, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast. But Mary, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, uh, what's okay. the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, can they email you? Sure, sure. My email address is uh, my first initial last name. So M Struckoff, S-T-R-U-C-K-H-O-F-F, 33 at gmail.com. But yeah, I'm happy to take any questions or um, any any ideas even uh, as we work through this this project and, and try to increase and the number of officials, I'm, I'm happy to respond and, and do, or even to, you know, any opportunities like this, I'm happy to get in front of anybody I can to promote the advocation of, of officiating. Um, I'm in the St. Petersburg area. So again, anything close, I do actually get down to Venice once in a while, but, um, but yeah, this is any, anybody is welcome to contact me. All right. Mary struck off. We're going to be back for some more. Uh, please stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support. You know, Vital Signs is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com for more ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. If you want to learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, you can also call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We're back with our interview with Mary Struckoff, athletic consultant, uh, officiating expert. And uh, Mary, we, we talk a lot uh, on the podcast about, you know, this idea of, you know, social, emotional health and coaching kids, you know, to be tough. You know, you've certainly done a lot of work with student athletes, mostly at the college level, but some with high school. And as I said, social, emotional health is such an important uh, topic these days. Do you have any advice for our listeners who are primarily ADs and coaches? You know, how can sure. they do a better job in this area? You know, the, the social health, um, in my experience, getting kids involved with something bigger than themselves. 
And sometimes that involves giving back to their community, uh, volunteer work, um, coaching younger kids than themselves, whatever it might be, but just that sense of giving back. And you can't instill that in young people at too young of an age. I think the sooner they learn that, uh, they're much happier young people and much happier adults in giving back. Um, I think that the mental health, um, you know, unfortunately there's so many, um, there's a lot of positives with student athletes and certainly there's some negatives. Um, from my experience, I think sometimes um, promoting empathy and, and that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, social issues and giving back. Um, but um, the more we can develop empathy, um, especially for opponents, um, where our lives are going to be much richer and fuller. You know, it's interesting. We, we want to instill that, that sense of competition and we have the enemy and it's a battle and it's a war. And, you know, I taught at Catholic schools and I always remember our, my teams wanting to pray before every contest, which I, I encourage certainly, but they wanted to pray to win. <laughs> and so I, I always thought that was too ironic. I mean, I, if we're going to win, that means they're going to lose. You're praying for them to lose. There's something, it seems like something wrong with that. But anyway, that's just me. But I, you know, I think if we can have empathy and know that we're just trying to do our best um, and um, we want, we want to compete against ourselves and certainly against the other team, but that, you know, we can, we can want good things for our opponents as well. Um, I think the other thing for mental health, and again, what I've seen with young people, um, and it starts well before the, the college experience, um, well, probably before the high school experience, is, is a sense of independence and being able to handle things without your parents interve intervening on everything that can go wrong. Um, I know high school administrators, I as a college administrator had to deal with parents wanting to solve every single problem this child had, whether it was playing time or paperwork or travel or whatever it was. And we, we wanted just to deal with the student athletes. They're young adults, they can handle these types of things. Um, but anything we can do to promote the independence in these young people to make some, some age appropriate decisions for themselves, um, it sets them up to know how to cope later in life when things don't necessarily go their way. Yeah, you really touched on, on such a key item and sports used to, I, I think, be that one of the primary vehicles, you know, whether you, you know, you made the team or not, you know, whether you, you know, played a lot or you didn't, whether the team won or lost, you learn those uh, defeats in a safe place. And, you know, you, you don't make the team. Well, hey, I'm going to try another team. And right. Uh, you, you're right. It's just, uh, we're going to get on a whole different tangent here. Uh, <laughs> For but sure. uh, uh, giving kids those opportunities, you know, where they can learn how to, you know, develop those resiliency skills. So critical. Great, great advice. Okay. Mary, this has been really cool having a longer talk with you. I really enjoyed the last time I heard you speak. Uh, and it's been nice, uh, you know, giving you a chance to talk here today, but we're not done yet. Uh, okay. We always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox, uh, sure. which is sponsored by Athletic Surveys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, we're going to find out what's going to go in Mary Struckoff's athletic director toolbox. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. 
We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for their support of the podcast and for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also puts you in touch with uh, usually 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to check the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. All right, we're back with Mary Struckoff, athletic consultant, uh, officiating expert, and uh, you know, longtime uh, athletic director. Mary, uh, now's the time where I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Mary Struckoff's toolbox, which again is sponsored by the Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack uh, program? What do you got for us? Wow. Uh, I think the first would be um, knowing what exactly is expected of you from the, the, the people that hired you. Um, answer this question for me. I, I will know I was successful in a year if I do X. And, and so if your, your um, administrators can tell you what that is, then you, you have your marching orders basically to do exactly what those folks wanted you to do. Sometimes there's hidden agendas. Um, we gotta get, cut through those. I think the second thing, would be to do an immediate, we call it a SWOT, SWOT analysis of your personnel. Um, find out from your coaches um, exactly the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities and the threats uh, within the department. Have a one-on-one -on -one with everybody uh, to find out how they how they tick, you know, what's important to them. So again, you, you know the pulse of your department. And I think the third thing would be in hiring practices. Um, too often, we we want to hire people that look just like us or, or have same philosophies or whatever it might be. And think about your student athletes. Um, we we want to hire people that might look like them and have those experiences so that our student athletes know they can do those same types of things. So. Let's I'm just keeping an open mind uh, when we're hiring, I think would be the third thing. Okay. Uh, I, again, very cool tools. I love the SWAT. I, I don't think we've had that one uh, yet, but it's so important. Um, again, Mary, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your sure. brain a little bit, how can they get a hold of you? Um, a couple of ways, actually. Um, my email address, mstruckhoff, M-S-T-R-U-C-K. H-O-F-F-33 at gmail.com. And I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I can be reached through LinkedIn, again, at Mary Struckoff. Um, and happy to um, speak with anyone regarding any of these types of things. Actually, I'm, I'm doing a little, uh, besides this officiating um, consulting gig, I'm doing a little coaching 
of coaches and coordinators and assigners and um, different different folks just to to kind of go through some of these things. So um, I'm open to possibilities and, and opportunities. All right, Mary Struckoff, uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing today on the Educational Lady Podcast, and all the best moving forward with your many projects. <laughs> thank you so much, Jake. It's been a real pleasure. Really appreciate it. For our listeners, remember, the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational Lady. And again, thanks to our good friends, Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for your program by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.